This is The Varsity, a sports podcast from The Record North Shore, your nonprofit local news site. Howdy, folks, and welcome to the latest episode of The Varsity Podcast, a podcast where we discuss everything involving North Shore high school sports. From the Friday Night Drive, I'm Michael Dwojek here with the Record North Shore founding member Joe Coglin. As we get you caught up on, uh, on another week of the winter season, we are uh, officially into the final stretch here now. We're in the last week of January. Um, we are going to uh, have some playoffs start in the next couple weeks. We got seeds coming out. So um, a lot of stuff to talk about in this week's episode as we head down the stretch and to catch you up on um we're gonna do our regular four quarter format as we usually do first quarter recap everything that happened over the past week then in the second quarter we're going to be joined by new chair girls gymnastics coach jen pistorius in the third quarter we're gonna play way or no way our weekly guessing game and then in the fourth quarter we preview the next week which uh, has a lot of good action um both uh some playoffs and also um an opportunity to uh look at where the hoops are going as we head to the final stretch there as well just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you give us a like, always subscribe. We always appreciate it. Helps us get to more listeners who are also interested in North Shore High School sports. Um, we always appreciate all the support we get uh, throughout the time. And uh, make sure you check us out. We're everywhere that podcasts are, Spotify, Android, um, iTunes, wherever you're listening to podcasts. And if we're not there, let us know. But Let's start things off here in the first quarter where um, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to start off with basketball. We've got some wrestling going on as well, um, even some gymnastics, um, which we'll hit on toward the end there and even in the second uh, quarter. But um, let's start things off with basketball and um, let's start with the Loyolas. Uh, both Loyola boys and girls um, continue to play on here. Both played Evanston on Tuesday. We're recording this on Thursday. Uh, both teams uh, eking out wins against um, Evanston uh, to kind of uh, pick up impressive wins there. For the boys, Loyola lost to Mount Carmel on Friday, 47-36. to um, Obviously, like we talked about in last week's episode, Mount Carmel, one of the best teams in the state. Um, and then for uh, Loyola, uh, picked up wins against uh, Richwood, Geneseo, Moline, um, Evanston to stay undefeated, 27-0. Um, and 0. Um, and they also beat uh, Mother Macaulay, which we uh, kind of previewed in last week's episode. So a lot to catch up on. Um, let's start with the girls, Joe. Um, we talked about this impressive, you know, five-game stretch, uh, five games in a week. Um, and they only had a perfect 5-0. and They beat Mother Macaulay handily, 60-33, to um, to essentially, you know, clinch the top seed uh, for the GCAC tournament. Um, they found a way to beat uh, Evanston uh, in the last few seconds. Um, and then, you know, picking up uh, pretty commanding wins against the remaining three teams. Um, Joe, I know you've been their biggest supporter this whole season. There's no people aren't going to be really surprised by you saying whatever you're going to say right now. But um, it's been impressive to watch, you know, in a basketball season that is so long, you've got so many grueling games, you've got so many stretches, people get injured and that kind of stuff. You're expecting like a loss or two, you know, throughout for a season, you know, throughout the year for a really good team. Like that just happens. Um, but this Loyola team has not really shown any weaknesses throughout this entire season, especially in this final stretch here. Yeah, and they've been they've been challenged. They've you know they've had whether it's them having off games or just facing a tough opponent. They've they've been in close games. Um, Fremd earlier in the year and this Evanston one that came down to the wire, um, <clears throat> and they they persevered. Um, you look at some other teams that haven't done so. 
and and that's a key difference. And they're going to need that in the postseason because at some point they're going to they're going to play a tough game. Um, being how good they are, might take them a few, but but they will. Um, so, so, I mean, they'll have Main South in their sectional, I believe. So there's one right there. Either way, um, showing that grit to gut out those wins, I think against Evanston, I think that was last night or two nights ago. Um, I think they had an inbounds play with like a second remaining and, and got Claire Weasler an open layup. Um, so um, just showing that extra little intangible to finish games, to pick up victories, maybe when you don't play your best uh, is a nice uh, extra piece to the puzzle because um, they already have a lot of the other pieces. So what kind of, you know, worked for, what is it about this team? Is it just the depth that they have? Is it just different possibilities for this team? And just what, what kind of do you feel like is the reason for why, you know, Loyola, no matter how many different times, there've been a few times this season where they've kind of been like, well, you're going to lose. Like it doesn't seem good. And they're able to find the ways to win. Um, what is it about this Loyola team that makes it so hard to defeat? I mean, they're dangerous at all levels and all over the court. And the emergence, or I should say the <laughs> arrival of Aubrey Galvin as a transfer has just allowed them to space out the floor a little more. I think last year and, and the year before, I can say that because Paige and Kelsey, two seniors this year, have been on the team for that long. Um, they were always threats, but maybe some other uh, individuals on the court weren't the offensive threats as they are. So defenses could hone in on them a little more, tighten things up, pack it in a little more. Now you got Aubrey there running the point. She has the ball. You're spreading the floor so much more, giving more open lanes for um, cutting and action. It just gives you so much more opportunity. And, of course, Aubrey can create her own shot whenever she wants. Um, so it, it, what she's done is just um, open the floor up so much for the rest of her teammates and, of course, just added to the talent pool that's already there and put them over the top is, I think, probably, I, I don't know. Um, maybe it's arguable, but I think the consensus top team in the state at this point. That win against Mother McCauley was really impressive because even, you know, e you know, even if they don't, you know, Mother McCauley maybe isn't at the level that it's been used to competing at and dominating the GCAC, um, it's still a really impressive, you know, 27-point um, win over Mother McCauley and, you know, earning the top GCAC tournament. So, I mean, just... Um, that really was a big moment for me, I feel like, um, just being able to kind of, you know, get over that hump and finally find find a way to, you know, beat a team that's just dominated this conference for a very long time. Yeah, I think a few things factored into that. You mentioned it right off the bat that Mother McCauley has had better seasons than this one and, and maybe some better teams. But with that in mind, you know, there was a lot at stake. And that's what Loyola can do to you against teams that they might outmatch they don't really play down to a level um, or they don't do it often um, because of that defense every year, Aubrey Galvin or not, Aubrey Galvin is a, is a tremendous defender, but they, they always put out a just suffocating defense and this year's no different. So um, because of that, they can get you out of your game quickly and put up a lot of points quickly because in transition, they are pretty deadly and all five of their options can score and know how to put it in when they get an assist, uh, when they get a look from Aubrey or from Paige, um, and they'll put it in the basket. So um, they get on you quickly, and before you know it, you're down 15, and there's not much else you can do. They play uh, Glenbrook South tonight on Thursday. We'll talk a little bit about that in the GCAC tournament um, in the fourth quarter. 
All right, let's move on over now to Loyola boys who uh, could not hang with Mount Carmel in a few teams can, 47 to 36, and then um, found a way to beat Evanston on Tuesday, um, 47 to 44. Joe, um, you know, I've had questions about this Loyola team. Obviously, a loss to Mount Carmel isn't anything to look down upon. It doesn't take away um, anything else that maybe that they're able to accomplish. But um, I do feel like, you know, the 11-point difference, um, I would have liked for maybe that score to be a little bit close. And obviously, I don't know, maybe, you know, they tacked on points toward the end when it was clear that the game was going to be over. But um, I, I feel like, you know, for Loyola to get to the level that, I you know, we want them to get to and compete at the level, um, you know, that felt like a game that, you know, should go down to the final minute or, you know, be a five-point loss or a six-point loss or something like that. And um, you really didn't see that against Mount Carmel on Friday, which, again, is, you know, a team that is probably the best team in the state. Yeah, um, but they did grind them. You know, they, they held Mount Carmel under 50 points. I don't know what the average is here, but they have an explosive offense. Um, and they held them, they held them down. They just couldn't get the points on their end of the floor. Um, and I think that's, that's what's going to happen sometimes with Loyola when they exert so much on the defensive end against these super talented teams. Um, they, they sometimes struggle on the offensive end and, um, uh, it happened to Mount Carmel, but I think Mount Carmel lost the next day. Um, maybe, and, uh, if that's the case, if I remember right. I think Loyola has a big part of th to do with that and, and what they do to teams and tire them out can, can last the whole weekend. Um, but for them to come back, you know, that ended a long winning streak for them. So for them to bounce back and kind of eke out, uh, gut out a, a win over a good Evanston team who, as we've mentioned, this was a team that's going to come along and going to progress and who knows where they'll be in two weeks time. Um, uh, they picked that up and they got, I think they got a three point play to end the game. Miles Boland won it for him. Um, shows a lot of grit and that's kind of who they are. Yeah. Mount Carmel lost to Kenwood, uh, the next day on Saturday, 82 to 70. That is a high, high uh, scoring game right there. Complete opposite of what Mount Carmel had with Loyola the previous day. But, um, we'll talk more about Loyola in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Um, let's jump on over now to Nutria boys, um, who picked up a CSL South win, over Deerfield on uh, Friday, 49 to 37. Um, but then the next day on uh, Saturday, um, lost to Barrington, 47 to 44. Barrington, 14 and four on the season, five and one in the mid suburban West. Um, Joe, I feel like we've had these conversations a lot, you know, throughout the year, years, just about how much do you put into these double, you know, back to backs? How much do you kind of look into that Friday conference matchup, Saturday non conference matchup? And, you know, is that just, you know, a quick turnaround? Because you're not really going to see that in the playoffs. But um, how much do you kind of take from a loss against Barrington, um, who's obviously a very good team, but, you know, if Nutria is a top 10 team, should be a team that Nutria handles. Yeah, and that's exactly what we've talked about is these games, you want to see Nutria, I don't know about handle completely, but win them and control the pace and control the game and, um, not easier said than done for me, but it, it kind of makes a difference between are you a uh, elite state contender or are you kind of in that sectional contender category, which a lot of teams are in. And I think Nutria is showing that they're in that category, in the same category as the Barringtons and the Loyolas and the Glenbark, Glenbrook, Norris and, and um, South. Um, they're all kind of muddled in this very good, but who's elite? Who's going to prove that they're elite? And I'm not sure right now. 
Uh, I don't think anybody, at least in this group that we're talking about right now, has proven that to me. So I definitely would have liked them to win that game, very similar to the Glenbrook North game and where it's going to be kind of grinded out. And uh, I would like to see somebody step up and um, just fall short. I think they fell short on a last-second shot, too. All right, the last few basketball notes here on Terry Rogers for New Cheer Basketball is on the verge of uh, earning win number 600. So um, we'll obviously keep that posted there. And Regina still continues to have a um, a really impressive girls basketball season. They have a 17-6 and overall record for no um, independent uh, cons uh, conference uh, record. Um, Joey, I know you, get, you said that you want to get a chance to uh, check them out before the playoffs start, but um, a good, um, you know, Pretty good stuff for uh, Regina, and they'll have a, a few uh, conference matchups here to uh, wrap the year up before uh, we get started in the playoffs in a couple weeks. Yeah, they're pretty dominant in the independent school league, um, and they play a lot of games against bigger schools, too, outside of the league, um, and they've, they've fared well um, against some, and they've taken their lumps, too, six losses, but a lot of those are, are against bigger schools. But um, this is a very good team this year. Uh, basketball is a big pride at Regina Dominican. Um, and it looks like they've got a, a nice special team. They're also, their stars are young um, in, um, oh, Jillian DeFranzia, sorry, and uh, Natalia Serrato. Um, they're both sophomores, but also they have that senior leadership of a Maddie Widger and a uh, Peyton O, o I'm gonna, Peyton O, we'll say, I think it's Ostrowski, but um, are the seniors. And, and so they've got that nice balance of talent and experience and um, youth and energy, and uh, they play killer defense similar to Loyola. They're going to suffocate you. So I think this team could do really well in their uh, in their IHSA. I think they're into a field. All right, let's jump on over to wrestling now. Uh, wrestling uh, is heading into the final. It's the final regular season week here as we head into regionals next Saturday for the boys, uh, then sectionals and regionals for the girls the following weekend. Uh, uh, Central Suburban League held its first, uh, or had its first, I should say, uh, team title uh, awarded in that Nutrier won that after winning three individual championships. Um, the conference had uh, meet last year, but um, this was the first year that T-Champ was crowned. Uh, Trevian Sonny, Aston uh, Cower, I apologize, uh, won at 100 pounds. Jillian Giller won at 140, and Nina Akvez one at 155 to give New Trier the title there. They also got some good placers, Lola Bianco, uh, Caitlin Pasavetsi, uh each placed second, while Zoe Lee took third. Uh, Highland Park had two league champions, Riley Moore, 125, and Clara Ugaz, 135. Uh, Moore was named the CSL North's most outstanding wrestler of the tournament. Um, Joe, just a really impressive, you know, showing, and um, obviously continues to show you um, how much girls wrestling is just like growing at an exponential level in this state right now. It sure seems like it's just really um, leaps and bounds every year. And it's only been a couple of years, but uh, I find that so um, impressive and, and fun to follow um, for a new sport and just seeing, you know, the progress they're making Nutriers like filling out a lineup here um, for wrestling. And they, uh, they had like six placers and, three champs and they took home the team title um, for the first time. So really a lot to hang your hat on and be proud of um, for this wrestling program. You know, um, they've got their own coaches. They've got their own meets. It's just, it's, it keep growing. And, and you see that when new sports kind of come along, I think we're going to see that in flag football too. Um, 
um, in, in the spring. Yeah, it's spring sport. <clears throat> so just really cool to see. So congrats to Nutria and Highland Park had the wrestler Riley Moore, um, top wrestler in the meet for the North. That's really cool too. Um, yeah, I'm loving it. And uh, I can't wait for the state series. On the boys' side, CSL uh, tournament also took place. New Chairs Tag Miller had 150 and Bailey Cornelson uh, 175 won their respective brackets. Uh, Miller is 31 and 6 uh, on the season and was the top seed, pinned all three of his opponents uh, to win the championship. Uh, Trevians, who placed fifth at a team, also had third place finishes from Micah Eichbush, uh, Julian Slossed, uh, while Matthew Morales uh, finished fourth at 120. Um, and Highland Park had two third-place finishers, Jaden Casillas at 113 and Alex Gideon um, at 106. Uh, the Chicago Catholic League held its league championship on Saturday, where Loyola placed fifth as a team. Senior Clint Herbert, 190, and sophomore Kai Kalka, 215, were league champions. Uh, Gavin Padrillo was the runner-up at 120. James Emilia was third at 106, and Joey Herbert took fourth at 285. Um it's really interesting, you know, with uh, with Loyola uh, specifically, you might think, well, you know, obviously a fifth place finish isn't great, but um, that CCL is just stacked with, you know, champions upon champions. You got Mount Carmel, obviously, Montini, uh, DePaul Prep, uh, St. Lawrence. You just got a lot of great programs in that conference. So um, you might look at it and be like, well, it's fifth place finish. You know, what does that mean for, you know, the playoffs? But um, that is a that is a, an extremely difficult conference to compete in. Um, probably one of the better ones, and that'll get you ready for the playoffs. Yeah, you, you nailed it. Extremely different, difficult. The fifth place doesn't really show what they could do at the regional or sectional meet where you won't have to face um, all that top-level um, CCL opponents. Um, <clears throat> pretty good finishes, I think, um, especially for, you know, you, you knew Kai. Kai's, Kai's a state. Um, Kai Calcutt is, a, um, is like a favorite in um, his weight class to win state. Um, but great finish for Quinn Herbert on his in his senior year to win conference. And um, the other finishes they have were great too. So um, this is still an up and coming program. We say it every time. It's also making strides every single year. And I'm, I, I know they want to do, do big things in the, like the dual state series. We'll see. All right, let's move on over now to the second quarter where we're, uh, we'll talk a little bit about the girls gymnastics team when we'll be joined by their head coach, but Joe, um, obviously, I know you had a story come out last week about um, how the Trevians have had continued success and are hoping to uh, kind of make a return toward the state championship. So um, what did you kind of learn when you talked to the Trevians and uh, what are we going to hear from their head coach? I think I learned they're just super solid this year. They're just um, from their talent to their routines are just strong across the board. Um, they're deep um, and, um, you know, I say this with a pretty, pretty heavy knock on wood. They've been really healthy and um, all their, you know, all around talent has been there for a lot of the season and is healthy right now, the most important time. Um, I think they got their league meet this weekend and then we'll go into the state series, but they're poised to return to state. And that's what they want to do. They're putting up the numbers that can get there um, and barring any big setbacks. That's what they'll do. All right, uh, let's listen now as we are joined by Nutria Girls uh, Gymnastics Coach Jen Pistorius. How are you? Good. Good? Good. Um, better, yeah. <laughs> better? Why? Why better? Uh, we just, well, we were off for five days um, with, like, the snow, and then we hosted two meets, so the varsity and some of the other girls hadn't practiced okay. before Tuesday since last Thursday. 
so oh. I was worried we would be a little rusty. But um, and we've had issues, as Sammy said, with the beam. Um, I remember that maybe being a problem in past years too. Yeah. Well, same kind of group. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, like their tricks, they're throwing super hard tricks, and you know, unfortunately, you take the risk when you're throwing hard tricks of the risk of falling and then getting a larger deduction because you're falling on the harder tricks. So, yeah. as one of the judges said in the beginning of the year, like you're throwing everything but the kitchen sink. You just got to stay on the beam. Yeah, we know. <laughs> so, thank you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, today didn't look. Look no, like you stayed on a lot. Yeah, today. I mean, we have been. I mean, everybody keeps saying, like, you have to do routines, you have to do practice. Well, we do, like, we do. So yeah. I think with, with them, it's a little bit more confidence that they have to get because they can do the tricks. It's just the look of confidence before they're going in their routine um, that makes a difference. So, um, but yeah, I think they're, they're getting much better, much more confident. And then that's, you know, hopefully we're getting stronger at the end, which is where we want to be. Right. And at least the score, I, I know it differs from meet to meet, but it seemed among your highest up there? Yeah, yeah. I think that was our second highest. Okay. Maybe. Yeah. And um, I mean, these are two of the top, like, totally tough, solid state meet top judges in the state. Okay. So I know it wasn't a gift for either team. Um, and it's nice that we have these top tough judges so that when we get toward the end of the season, Right. We're used to that. Um, and this was GBS. I can't remember how you uh, favored against GBN. Did you beat GBN? We did. So you're just first in the conference? Yeah. Great. Um, yeah. And the conference meet? Well, we have main South up? on Tuesday. Okay. And that finishes out the conference duels. And then we're hosting conference next Friday and Saturday, next the Friday, 26th Saturday. and 27th. Okay. And obviously, your goal every year, you tell me, you know, get state. See, I do. Yeah. And... How's that trajectory this year? I, if we keep doing what we're doing and what we have the potential to, um, we should be And it's hard because we had so many years um, that like that was normal. And yeah. and so our seniors this year, they're the COVID kids. So their freshman year, it was like push back, push back. We had a bit of a season. We didn't have any postseason. Right. So those kids never went to state, like even as a team. So they don't know and so I think you know maybe we'll have some former kids who went to state like come in and just like we can tell them so many times like this is yeah. what you need to do um, but I hope you know I know they want to I just it, yeah we just hopefully it'll it will be there for us <laughs> and I, hate, I I don't even want to say it so I, I'm sorry but it seems health's been pretty good it has been right uh, sorry yeah. i mean every year <laughs> that's like, always a key we, right? it is it is like if we and if we do have a lot of depth i mean like our even our athletic director is here he's like you're you're strong top to bottom like from the freshman level the jv level is strong so we're lucky that way um but some of the other girls don't have the experience of competing as much as our you know group does so yeah. um but yeah i think we'll have a, a strong um, roster list for the state series and alternates. Um, in terms of individuals, uh, I know a lot of these names, a lot of return, all returners really. Mm -hmm. um, anybody who who's really making big leaps this year or has really stood out um, doing some special yeah. things? I mean, actually, I think all of them yeah. because um, they 
all worked hard in the off season and to just like kind of come back to doing the tricks that they're doing this year is like is great and um thank you thank you and um um i'm trying to think like from top to bottom i mean clara's gotten cleaner her difficulty like her bar routine is amazing um she's perfected a lot of everything else still working hard on some new tricks um sammy's gotten a lot of new tricks in the off season taylor kim um anna Virgili was on jv and freshman last year and now she's competing every meet varsity for us on okay. bars involved elena scarano is new this year as a sophomore and she's been competing beam for us um, Angie Hersom has added a couple of new tricks, but her confidence from last year um, has grown leaps and bounds, and that's her. So I think everybody has gotten something, whether it be tricks, confidence, consistency. Um. Is uh, Annabelle the only senior? Annabelle, no, uh, I'm sorry, yeah, and Annabelle too. Um, Annabelle has one of the coolest bar routines. Some of yeah. the judges say like that is like one of the coolest bar routines I've seen. Um, Annabelle, Angie, and Morgan are all seniors. Angie and Morgan, okay. Yeah, on varsity. And then we have two others on JV. Okay. Okay. Thank you so much, Jen, for joining us. And thank you, as always, to all the players and coaches who join us each and every week. Always appreciate everybody's insight. All right, let's move on over now to the third quarter where we play Way or No Way, our weekly guessing game. I throw out five propositions, and Joe and I argue or agree upon whether they can happen. Way or no way they cannot happen. Um, I'm going to start things off here with uh, the boys uh, basketball team for Nutrier. Um, obviously picked up a win against uh, Deerfield, then lost to Barrington the next day. Joe, way or no way, you know, throughout this entire season, Nutrier boys basketball has shown vulnerabilities. I'll say way. Um and I say that looking at the lens of a very good team, you know, not looking at the lens of uh, a 500 team. This is a team that's 19 and five or something. Um, I'm not sure exactly what it is, but they're uh, extremely good and definitely a sectional contender. They haven't like blown up any expectations or anything, but they've shown some, some weaknesses. I think, I think at times their offense can grow stagnant and uh, you know, when they're, when they're guarded heavily on the perimeter and can't get open shots um, or even their shots off, um, I think they can kind of lack a, a certain ball movement. They can kind of a little bit get ahead of themselves and just kind of um, <clears throat> work out outside of their system. If the ball specifically, if the ball's not in Logan Feller's hands, who always seems to be super calm and poised, but um, yeah, so I, I, I would say that's accurate as long as we're, we're being, uh, we understand that's a relative, relative uh i think i said way way yeah i think the biggest thing in this conversation is you know they have raised the bar for themselves at this point like we're not treating them as a team that's you know they'll be happy you know they won a regional maybe they'll win a section like this is a team expected now to compete for a state title where you know that i know that's maybe not fair and obviously not realistic to you know expect a, a team a high school team you know to win a state championship every single season or compete for one but you know, that is the level that's been set at this point. So, um, you know, and, and I and I think that this team has shown that they can compete, but there are vulnerabilities. I think there's times where, like you mentioned, the offense gets stagnant. Who are you going to get, you know, big buckets from? Obviously, they've gotten some key shots, but, you know, can they consistently do that when the man see that against Barrington? You didn't see that against, you know, 
um, other, you know, elite teams. I know obviously Curry is a really good team, but they, you, you didn't see that against them. So I, I, I'm just curious, you know, you, you saw this team has beat good teams, but you haven't really seen it as consistently as I would have liked. And I've been harping about this all season long. You didn't see it against GBN. You didn't see it against, you know, uh, you didn't see it against uh, Curry, like I mentioned earlier. You didn't see it against Warren team at the beginning of the season. Um, they were obviously able to beat some really good teams like Kenwood and um, other good teams like that. But um, I think they're all vulnerabilities that can kind of cause problems once we get deeper into the postseason, primarily, you know, sectionals, sectional finals, super sectionals, and that kind of stuff. All right, Joe, Loyola Girls Basketball will cap uh, the regular season. I don't think you would count the uh, GCAC tournament as the regular season, but they capped the regular season this uh, tonight against GBS, um, even if they lose or win, whatever. Um, way or no way, this is the best Loyola Girls Basketball regular season in program history. Uh, yeah, I would say it has to be. Now, this is a team, uh, a program that's won state championships, I believe. So uh, I guess we could say at this point, if we cut it off before the postseason, I don't know how you can't say it is. But um, I think that report card will fall um, on, the, on at the end of the year. You know, they got to win. They got to bring home a state title, I think, to claim that crown. Um, but in terms of the ones I've seen personally, uh, I think it's, it's certainly the best. And I've seen some good ones from, you know, teams with just a couple losses, um, to, um, teams that, you know, made the super sectional and, um, a lot of talented players come through. I think the COVID team that had, and although there was no postseason, but that had five starters that went on to play college basketball was pretty great. Um, but I would say this team definitely has that the makings they have that special factor yeah i'll go with the way there as well if we're just sticking with season here um i this team has just been dominant they haven't really shown many blemishes they won the gcac they've looked dominant this entire season there have been a couple games where maybe they could have lost but they didn't and they found ways to win the game and that's impressive i know obviously um you see this a lot in college basketball as well where everyone remembers March Madness more than they remember, like, you know, the, the entire season and how dominant the team was. But um, I, I would definitely say that this team, you know, based on what I know, obviously don't go all the way back um, ever since the merger with Loyola, Loyola and Merrillac. But um, I, I do think that this is probably uh, the best team in program history um, when it comes to regular season success. Um, if we jinx you tonight, we apologize. That is not mm -hmm. what our intention was. All right, uh, moving over now, Loyola boys basketball, like we said, uh, split with Maine South or Mount Carmel and uh, then uh, picked up a win against Evanston a few days later. Joe, seedings will come out in a couple weeks here for boys basketball. Way or no way you think Loyola has earned a top four seed in their sectional? Yeah, I think way. I got to I gotta look at it again. Maybe I'm missing somebody. Um, but I, I think like we talked about last week, I think it's Nutria, GBN, GBS, Loyola. Um, Rolling Meadows is out of there this year. They're in a different sectional, I, I, I'm pretty sure. And replaced by OPRF, who isn't up to this caliber. Um, maybe I'm missing somebody. Evanston's not there. They took the losses early for sure. Even with a late push, I don't think they get there. Um, so I think for sure. I think way. I think they might even compete, um, depending on how these final two weeks go, for the number one seed. Yeah, I think I would go with the way there as well. Um, you got some Chicago teams like Lane. Have, I mean, Lane's probably the best one out of all those teams. 
Um, you got Maine West, Evanston, Layden, GBS, Highland Park, GBN, OPRF, Maine East, Maine South. Niles North and Niles West have had good seasons. I had a really good game the past week, and then Loyola and New Trier. But um, of those teams, I'd probably say Loyola, I would say probably gets in a number four. Obviously, you still got to see what happens in the CSL South um, with New Trier, GBN, and GBS. But um, I, I would say that they probably get a top four seed. I'd probably if I had to put it down right now, I'd say a number four seed, but obviously that's nothing to look down upon, but um, I would say that they get a top four seed and uh, um, set themselves up well for the sectional. That should be a lot of fun moving forward. All right. We talked about uh, wrestling here in the first period way or no way, Joe, you think that this new trio girls team that just took the CSL uh, tournament um, will have some state qualifiers this season. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I think they got a few. I think Nina Seves has proven herself at um, in her class as as one of the best in the state, and I think Jillian um, Giller too. She may have gone down state last year. I can't remember. Um, and they had a conference champ at 100 pounds, which is kind of a um, no pun intended smaller weight class um, in terms of participation. So uh, yeah, I think they definitely will have uh, a few state qualifiers. Should be fun. Yeah, I'll go with the way there as well. I think, uh, you know, they've obviously shown it. And it'll be really interesting just to see, you know, now that they've added the regional element to it all, um, how does that kind of work and how does that kind of transition as we move from regionals to sectionals and that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, I think, Wade, they'll definitely have a few. Um, the few that you probably mentioned that are going to be uh, competing for a chance to go down to uh, Bloomington Normal. All right, Joe, uh, girls gymnastics playoffs uh, start in a week. Um, new chair will host a regional next Thursday, February 1st. So, um, usually record this on Thursday. So I want to give this some more proper time, but, uh, they've got GBS Highland park and the lakes co-op in their regional way or no way new chair ends up winning their regional. I think so. Um, I think what they've put together this year is pretty, um, they're on the right track, great trajectory for the state meet, um, their points have been really solid and slowly on an uptick. Um, if you look at it like a trend line, I'm sure if you put it on. So um, I think way. Yeah, I think I would go away. I think GBS obviously has always been a tough opponent and obviously has competed with Nutrier for uh, CSL South crowns and has also competed in regionals whenever they've been in the same regional. But um, I'll go with the way there. I just based on what I know and how they've competed. Um, I think they've got a really good chance and they're really kind of trying to show that they can, you know, kind of regroup and kind of get hot and back into that elite class uh, when it comes to girls gymnastics in the state of Illinois. All right, let's move on over now to the fourth quarter where we get you uh, ready for another week of uh, basketball. Um, we've got some fun matchups to look forward to in this upcoming week. Um, let's start with the boys. Let's start with New Trier, Joe. Obviously, they lost to uh, Barrington on Saturday. They get GBS on Friday. And um, I'm really curious about that matchup. Then they get West Aurora on Saturday, North Chicago, and then they'll play Evanston next Friday. So they got GBS, West Aurora, North Chicago um, in the next week before we talk to you guys again. Um, that GBS matchup seems really interesting. I know GBS, you know, has dropped um, both of its matchups to GBN. So um, kind of putting it uh, behind in that um, in their race for the CSL South crown. But you know, at 17 and four, GBS is obviously not a team to look down upon and uh, feels like an important game for this new cheer team. I think it's huge. I really do, especially coming off, um, although they won on senior night, so not directly, but um, 
coming off uh, Saturday against Barrington, another good team. Um, I think they want to bounce back and, and prove that they, in these close games against good teams, they want to get back on the winning track. So um, I think it's big. It's obviously got implications in the CSL. Um, I think any of those top four teams on any given night can win. So certainly GBS has the capacity to beat Nutrier. Not out of the question in any means, but on your home floor, you got to protect it. Um, and you want to stay at least within a game of that that first place in the league. And I, I think they'll do it, but it's there's certainly no guarantee. Where are you in the CSL South race at this point? Obviously, GBN is uh, still undefeated in conference at 7-0. and Nutria is at 5-1. GBS at 4-2. Evanston is at 3-4. and um, Where are you at this point? Is this pretty much, you know, GBN's, you know, they're going to win it and um, they've got it all figured out? Or is it where, you know, Nutria's got to take care of business and then that matchup between the Trevians and the Spartans um, in a couple weeks toward the end of the season is essentially what's going, who's go- going to decide who the champion is? Yeah, I think I think GBN is definitely in the catbird seat, and they've shown that they should be. Um, with the two victories over GBS, I think has been impressive. Put in the rivalry, put in all of that, um, and they've they've taken care of it. And beating Nutrier by two is huge. I think those teams are very evenly matched, um, but I do think it's going to come down to that game in Winneka. I think Nutrier can hold serve. Uh, you know, Evanson can play spoiler though. You know, look out. Um, against either of those teams. But uh, I do think Nutria takes care of business, and I'm looking forward to that last one. I think it's the last conference game of the season. So based on what you've seen from this Nutria team, you don't think they'll hiccup, or you don't you don't think that they'll, you know, trip up or anything like that before. Obviously, like you mentioned, Evanston nearly knocked off Loyola. GBS has obviously got GBS twice. Um, it, it's an interesting route heading into that, you know, February 9th matchup against GBN. No, I don't think they will, but that doesn't mean they won't. Um, I I do think that, like I said, any team can beat any team in that top group um, on any given night. You know, you have an above average night, they have a below average night, there it is. Um, but I just think Nutrier's got the right motivation. They want to take the league. Um, the game against GBN, I'm sure, still sticks in their craw. Um, so they want to bounce back, and they got that game circled. But um, um, I think they got what it takes, I do. All right, let's move on over now to Loyola boys who, um, you know, I'm kind of curious just to see, you know, there's no CCL title for them. They're not, you know, they have lost to the top teams in uh, the conference. So there's not really that to look forward to. But, you know, there's still seeding like we talked about. And there's still a lot, you know, you still got to pick up wins. You still got to figure out a way to uh, um, to kind of head into the postseason with momentum. And you got plenty of opportunities. You got St. Patrick on Friday. You got Bloom on uh, Saturday. You got Montini, and then you got IC Catholic. So um, still a lot of opportunities for this Loyola team to figure things out and uh, still an opportunity to win some conference games as well. Yeah, the Bloom game should be fun. That's part of the war on the shore um, this Saturday. Um, and I think they just, you know, they got a lot of opportunities here. Yeah, sure, the conference is, uh, you know, for all intents and purposes out of reach, but a lot of opportunities to get at their pinnacle or as close to it as they can before the postseason, and just hone what they can because it's really going to be a bear um, and starting in probably the second round um, with thinking that you might have to play a team like Niles North and for a regional title is no joke. Um, so um, I think that's what a lot of these teams are using these two weeks for sure. New Trier and GBN GBS are in a conference race, but um Loyal has got to hone those skills and make sure they're doing everything they can to be at their best 
by that time. And, and Bloom will, will pose a good challenge for that. New Trier uh, girls basketball has Glenbrook South Friday night, and then they get Lake Zurich. Uh, then they play Evanston the week after. So two games, Joe. Does Terry Rogers pick up that 600 win before we talk next week? They got a tough, yeah, they got a tough go here um, for her to get, you know, 600. I mean, she'll get it this season. Uh, will she get it by next week? Two tough games. I'll say, yeah, I'll say sure. I'll say they pull it off. Um, they do it for Terry uh, with uh, with that 599 just hanging over their heads. They come through. Um, but it, uh, those are two tough games, though. So that's going to take a special effort. All right. Loyola takes on Loyola Girls Basketball takes on Glenbrook South tonight. On, and then they start the GCAC tournament next week. So the, by, by the time we talk to you folks next week, um, we will be probably either, you know, have the championship matchup set up or into the final four. But you know, for this Loyola team, Joe, uh, obviously Glenbrook South, uh, you know, kind of a neighborhood rivalry game, uh, 12 and 10 uh, so far this season. Um, and then you start the GCAC tournament next week. Just at this point, they pretty much just don't get injured and don't lose any games. And just, you, I, I feel like this team is at this point has probably secured the number one seed, though I don't, I'm not sure. Main South is obviously in that sectional as well. Yeah. And they've only got one loss. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, uh, just keep winning. I, I, you know, I don't envy Glenbrook South tonight because I don't, I don't think Loyal is that happy with taking just a, a buzzer-beating win over Evanston. Evanston's a very good team, um, but um, I think they want to kind of uh, answer the bell after that, and, and GBS might be might be the victim of that um, tonight. Um, GBS is good though, but um, so um, Loyal is the same thing. They just got to make sure they don't slip up in any way. Uh, you know, even if they overlook somebody, not the end of the world, have a bad game, not the end of the world, keep your eyes on the prize. And that's going all the way. I am curious, you know, looking at the debate, obviously Loyola and Maine South are in the same sectional, probably two of the best teams in the state, um, which, you know, that obviously makes a lot of sense. They have the two best teams in the same sectional <laughs> play against each other instead of playing each other down in Peoria. But um if you're a coach, obviously they'll have the seeds announced next week on uh, next Thursday, actually. Who do you give this? Who do you give the number one seed to? I mean, do you give it to a Loyola team that hasn't lost or, you know, the only loss Maine South has had is to Bolingbroke. That was pretty handily 64 to 47, but Bolingbroke is a, a 20 and two team. I mean, just, I, I feel like, you know, is there a lot of conversation or do you kind of take nuance out of it? And you're just like, you just got to give it to the undefeated team. I think you just got to give it to the resume. Um, they proved it over and over again. Um, there's no real blemishes. You know, there's a couple close games, but there's also blowouts against really good teams. Um, what they did to Stevenson earlier in the year, winning by 20 and Stevenson's like a 20 and two team. So um, yeah, I don't think you overthink this. It's, it's Loyola main South. And at that point, does it really matter? Because, you know, right. Yeah. All right, Joe, any other uh, stuff you're looking forward to as we get into gymnastics? We got girls bowling, and then we'll obviously have wrestling. We'll talk more about that next week. But um, what are you looking forward to now as we head into February here? Yeah, February is a great month. You got the um, uh, basketball postseason begins and, and gets to the, the good parts. You also are going to have um, swimming postseason as well, something we haven't talked too much about, but Nutria is putting together another special season. And uh, yeah, yeah, it's February is a fun month. Got a lot of postseason, a lot of energy around this. All right. Well, that 
you that we've got for this week's episode of the podcast. Thank you, as always, for listening. Just a quick reminder that you can subscribe to the podcast anywhere that they're available. Make sure you give us a nice little subscription and a review. We always appreciate it. It always helps us get to more uh, people who are interested in North Shore High School sports like you are. Uh, we also want to uh, remind you that you should check out all our stuff at Friday Night Drive. Uh, obviously, football season is uh, far away, but we've obviously got some recruiting stuff and schedule stuff coming out. So uh, always talking about football over at Friday Night Drive. And as well, you subscribe and donate to the record North Shore. Joe's got you covered not only for sports, but also everything else going on in the North Shore area. He's got you covered um, with board meetings, uh, restaurant openings, businesses, and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you're supporting his local journalism there. So for Joe and I, thanks so much for joining us this week. And we will talk to you guys down the road. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Varsity, a product of the record northshore.org, your nonprofit local newsroom.